Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to The Visible Artist. My name is Sophie Loxton Lucas, and I'm delighted to bring you this conversation from Gallery Space Level 3 in Wicker Park, Chicago with Vincent Uribe. Vincent describes himself as an artist and creative community builder. He is the founding director of Level 3, an artist-run exhibition space and online publication, and the director of exhibitions and external relations at non-profit Arts of Life. Through these roles, Vincent works with hundreds of artists, sourcing new talent for the gallery and creating innovative showcasing opportunities for artists with disabilities. Along with hard work and a strong vision for each of his projects, Vincent's success is due to his open, collaborative approach, an approach that is unusual in the art world, and this has served him well over the past 10 years. We discuss his journey since graduating from the School of the Arts Institute of Chicago, his experience of launching and maintaining the volunteer-run gallery for over a decade, and how he sees his own artistic practice in relation to his curatorial work. For any artist considering opening their own space or wishing to collaborate with others, this is the episode for you. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Vincent. Thank you so much for having me in your beautiful gallery space. Thanks for coming. I'm glad to be able to host people in here again. (laughs) Yes. Well, you've been here for a while, haven't you? I remember visiting probably about four years ago. It was that long ago, yeah. Mm. So time flies... Yeah, we've been partnering with uh, you all since you came to Chicago, which we've been really excited about. And then Level 3 has been around. This This exhibition that's up right now is our 12-year anniversary show. So we've been doing our programming for quite a, quite a minute now. Mm. Yeah, so I really want to talk to you about that. As you know, the podcast is a podcast for artists mm-hmm. and about all the different directions they can take, perhaps the traditional gallery routes, but also other ways that they can get their work out there. 
And I'm excited to be here chatting to you because you seem to be a master of collaboration and meeting other artists and you're a gallery director, a curator. Could you tell me in your own words what what you do? Yeah, I, I do. It's always tricky because I do a few different things. I mean, o- overarching, I think, title is really like art director. Uh, I consider my art practice bringing people together through community, but um, through Level 3, which is an online publication and an artist-run exhibition space where we've been doing year-round exhibition programming for the past 12 years. Uh, I oversee all of our exhibition programming and publications that we do here. Uh, A big focus on bringing artists together through exhibitions, introducing them to Chicago. Um, Most of our exhibitions focus on doing small group shows, usually two or three artists per show. A local Chicago artists and then pairing them with somebody from around the country or around the world so that these relationships could hopefully naturally start to form by by doing these sort of collaborative shows together. Additionally, I'm the director of exhibitions and external relations for Arts of Life, which we're a nonprofit art studio supporting adult artists with uh, intellectual and developmental disabilities. So I've been doing that for a little over eight years. Uh, I, I really love the work that I do at all. The work that I do at Arts of Life and Level 3, they all kind of feed into one another and support one another. Arts of Life has two locations, one in Chicago in the Westtown neighborhood, and then one in the North Shore suburbs in Glenview, and we have two exhibition spaces. So I oversee all of our in-house exhibition programming as well as all of our external exhibitions and outward-facing appearance of things. A big part of our in-house exhibitions is focused on integrating our artists with disabilities alongside artists from the broader art community. So I often bring in guest curators that I that are usually artists that I know and meet through um, level three and invite them to look at our full roster of artists. We support 60 artists with disabilities and ask them to curate a show with our artist community alongside, you know, their network of artists that they're friends with. So uh, tend to work with artists from all over the country um, and really try to push people's professional development. Mm. Well, I'm really excited to talk more about Arts of Life because it's a truly exciting, inspiring organization mm-hmm. um, so we'll come on to that but to start with let's talk about level three because this is where we're sitting it's such a beautiful space I love how you actually have the space here there's lots of white walls to let these artworks really breathe and coming from London mm-hmm. often maybe don't have that luxury quite as much yeah but we're really in a really thriving neighborhood in Chicago aren't we and you've got this beautiful space yeah I feel very fortunate to have I mean it is somewhat of a white cube. It's an odd space for for those who, like myself, that are very familiar with it. It's, it's changed over the years where we had hardwood floors that were unpainted, and then we, we painted them white at one point, and now they're a, a soft gray. Uh, so it is a very more clean-cut space with uh, white lighting. Um, it's a fairly large space, I think, for uh, Chicago. Mm. Um, I consider us a live-work space, uh, more of an artist-run space. I used to live behind the gallery for about 10 years before I moved out and turned my bedroom into an office space. This neighborhood was always a thriving like art community. It's 
It's been pretty heavily gentrified over the years, but we've been able to hold on to this home base for a while and hope to continue to be here as long as as the building exists for. Mm. So tell me about how you started the space. So level three kind of started uh, a bit on accident. I was invited to move into here to just be kind of like a roommate. There were several roommates who were going to the School of the Art Institute with me at the time. Uh, I was a student, I was a sophomore, my second year in school. Um, there were, people moved out, there was sort of a change in, in leadership and then this ended up kind of falling under my control. Um, I was always interested in the idea of doing exhibitions and was very heavily involved in the art community and more specifically like the alternative gallery scene, artist run space, apartment gallery situation. And when this space fell under my control, I had never put on an exhibition before. I didn't even know what curating a show or selling a piece of work looked like. I was still kind of a baby, I guess. And, <laughs> In that sense, um, but some friends really kind of convinced me. They they we threw some names in a hat, and level three was the one that came out. Um, <laughs> a friend built our first website. A few friends helped volunteer to get the space completely painted white, and I saved every paycheck. I got from doing campus tours to put in lights. So spent about two months trying to renovate and get the space clean. And then a big focus of mine was like, how am I going to get people to come to an exhibition mm -hmm. that I'm curating? Like I didn't really know anybody. I was still kind of new to Chicago. Uh, so my thoughts were really wanting to disrupt this trend that I was seeing in terms of these smaller artist-run spaces being very insular and friends showing with friends mm -hmm. and then you f you walking in not knowing anybody and feeling like you don't belong and that was always kind of an issue for me so my goal was to always try to introduce new artists to one another so we had our first show I reached out to three different artists that I didn't really know but just kind of admired their work from afar and asked them if they wanted to do the show I was opening up a a gallery that I didn't really know how to run and they were generous enough to agree and everyone got along really well and you know I think that's kind of where I realized the magic happens is introducing artists to one another having them see each other's work mm -hmm. and then start to develop shows organically with one another and that's kind of been our model since so we do year-round exhibition programming we're open at level three every Sunday one to four as as well as by appointment. But it, it also now stems from this interview series that we run. So we have an Artist of the Week online interview. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's really like the foundation of like our way of doing studio visits with artists mm -hmm. without having to physically do studio visits. And how do you choose those artists, the artists you interview online? Or how do yeah. you find them? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination between me and my current team. We're constantly researching folks through, you know, social media, going to other exhibitions, traveling, references uh, by other artists that we've interviewed. If it's somebody that we like their work, we will reach out and see if they're interested in doing mostly email exchange interviews. 
And if those seem to go well and we like how that rapport went, we'll then try to figure out a way to incorporate them into a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of our shows will try to consider, you know, where the artist is located, the medium. I always try to, you know, we, we tend to not just do a painting show or just do a photo mm-hmm. show. I always try to mix up these mediums and artists of different backgrounds and identities so that we could have like a very diverse group of folks being introduced to one another and learning about each other's work and hopefully continuing to support one another. Mm. Well, even the show we're sitting in now feels quite diverse. You were telling me about the different artists and <clears throat> where they're from and their, even their ages. It's yeah. a real mix. Yeah, and I think that's one of the fun things is like being able to work with folks across the full spectrum of you know the art community. You know, I think we tend to work with folks who are often on the emerging side but all you know i think transition very seamlessly into the more mid-career more established realm of their practice and i really love this idea of inner interspersing artists with one another who don't know each other and so that they could learn from each other's practices and and grow and we've had artists who've shown together who've then gone on to curate each other into other shows or collaborate and do things elsewhere and so you know helping build those connections i think is super rewarding Mm. well there seems to be a real genuine spirit of collaboration and that's how i think we met Mm -hmm. was through someone recommending that Uh i get in touch with you and you have been really kind to introduce us to different artists and it seems to really work for you being generous with your connections and what you're trying to do rather than trying to keep it to yourself or be private in that way yeah and i think that's something you know i feel like folks have commented on in the past where like don't you don't you get upset when a gallery picks up one of your artists and starts representing them and and you don't get the credit or the sale but like to me it's it's not about that like Mm -hmm. i i want people i'm a connector of sorts and i want to support the creative community as much as I can and and those introductions the more I could help people individually succeed I think we all succeed with and so I think those kinds of I think I try to be very transparent and not keep things too close to me um one of the joys that I think I get out of working with artists is the friendships and the relationships through working with artists very genuinely and I, I pride myself on like having really strong relationships with all the artists that we we have worked with and there's no reason for me to hold those too tightly I want them to go out and do more and do better and like rise above what like my small operation <laughs> could offer them and it sounds as though you use those relationships to then find new artists as well for the shows yeah so you're always going out to different cities and visiting studios of artists that you may find online. Yeah, I think that that word of mouth, those recommendations, like it's one of, to me, the easiest and most like, I don't, not valid, but trustworthy ways. Like if there's an artist that we've shown here at Level 3 and, and they want to recommend somebody to us, I already have a rapport with them and they know how we operate. They know sort of like, our our shoestring DIY sort of approach mm-hmm. to things, even though from the outside it maybe looks more formal than it actually yeah, it is. Yeah, very professional. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so like, you know, I think that's one of the things is like folks who maybe aren't from Chicago or don't have a relationship with us, it could look like a more established 
thing, which I think is good, and it helps people's uh, work shine and their profiles thrive. But when those introductions can happen and people, you know, understand that we're coming from this place of wanting to support an artist and their practice at this genuine level, and it's it's not so much about just trying to profit off of mm-hmm. people. I think that's that's where like a genuine connection is formed. What do you think makes a successful relationship with you and an artist when you're in? It seems like it's a very friendly atmosphere, but it is still a professional environment in that there's expectations on you and yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question, and I think that's something I always try to be really upfront about in terms of what we could provide as an artist-run space and what our responsibilities are. But I think, to me, a relationship is something that is also mutually beneficial. You know, if we're going to go through the effort and energy of showing an artist and putting on a show, I'm hoping that the artist involved is going to understand that energy and put the same energy into the work, into promoting the show, being appreciative um, to me if those things happen mutually then that's when something is successful yeah. I think it's sometimes when folks maybe assume that we have more of a means than we do and we're able to you know we don't have a production budget to mm-hmm. be able to you know cover costs for artists like framing and things like that but uh, when it we will promote the work as best as we can. And, and I think that's a big part of it is like being really into the artists and trusting their process. Because oftentimes by the time we reach out to an artist and invite them to do a show, we're happy with all of the work that they produce. So it's maybe a little less curating of the work and more curating of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to show what the artist is most excited about showing. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if we continue to do that, it naturally works its way into the show and the show will naturally come together. We often don't know what an exhibition is going to look like until the, you know we're in the space unwrapping all the work. And sometimes we're like, how is this all going to like flow together? This is very different. But it, because we trust the artists and we trust kind of the process, it always ends up being a very fruitful experience. That's great to hear. I think it's an interesting time because there is quite a pushback on artists not necessarily doing things for free and sort mm-hmm. of saying, well, I want more than exposure. Yeah. And that's really good, especially when they're working on a high level. But then yeah. there's also the reality of working with artist-led spaces like mm-hmm. this and not expecting too much. So I suppose having that honest relationship means you can be frank about yeah. it. Yeah, we're always very upfront about that in our initial outreach to folks. You know, we always start with an interview and if an interview goes well, then we'll we'll try to figure out a way to incorporate them into an exhibition. But, you know, also as an artist-run space, um, we'll offer artists... You know, we generally give artists 55% of all sales that happen. So we give artists the bigger cut because mm-hmm. we want to be able to support their practice. We'll, we'll be able to cover return shipping of the work. Um, we try to, you know, put it on the artists that we're not able to cover, you know, round trip transportation. But if they get the work to us, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get it back to them. Yeah. Um, and so there's, again, we try to be very upfront about what we're able to do and hope that it could be mutually beneficial. And if it 
if it's too much of a stretch for somebody or if it feels like it's not a right fit, we, we want to also honor that and say, you know, like we understand if this doesn't make sense for you or, or you have these other expectations that we can't meet, like no worries, like we, we don't have to do this. And where do you see level three sitting within the art world of Chicago? I think we're in this like weird, funny space often where we're, you know, we're not necessarily this like big for-profit situation or this super DIY um, space. We're we're often right in the middle, and I I think I've come to really enjoy that. Where a lot of the artists that we show sometimes it's their first big show that they've been invited to do but also we've shown artists who have more established careers and more established practices and being able to intermix those audiences and those artists i think is really beneficial for everyone involved and i i i like this place that we've kind of carved out in this model that seems to work both personally and professionally, where we're able to get a lot of the fun stuff done that we enjoy doing. You're an alum of the Chicago the Art Institute of yeah. Chicago, aren't you? And do you see yourself as an artist? Did you study fine art? Yeah, so my background, uh, I moved to Chicago for the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, um, initially to study film, video, and photography, but I knew I wanted to come to the school for the interdisciplinary aspects that it offered of being able to customize like a degree to all the things that I was interested in. I was interested in everything, uh, painting, fibers, sculpture, ceramics, um, graphic design, like arts administration. And so I was really able to like, get, <laughs> I was doing everything <laughs> and I was able to get everything out of it. And I think I feel blessed to have been able to like customize like my experience there and like really take all those things that I've learned into my professional life. Like I'm very familiar with various aspects of, you know, different mediums of art making because I, you know, I dabbled in all of those. But my practice as an artist really is community building through events and exhibitions um, and bringing people together as an art form. Whether it's a party, exhibition, on a dance floor, I think that's where I really see my practice develop, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's visual, performative. I still, like, you know, I'm still using my creative energy through all these aspects of curating, bringing people together, installing shows, doing events, things like that. Well, that leads us on to talking about arts of life, because it feels as though you bring a lot of that to your role yeah. there. Can you tell me about that organization and what you do? Yeah, I, I joined the team at Arts of Life about eight and a half years ago. I came across it kind of on accident a friend sent me a job posting that she came across and I was like how have I never heard about this organization I I bike past this address all the time and I've never I've never no, nobody I know knows what this is like this is so weird to me is it must be fake um, <laughs> so I went in and I interviewed I walked into the studio and it was this massive 6,000 6, square foot warehouse of adult artists with disabilities making work and I was just blown away on how strong all the work was and wanted like wanted to show it all and wanted to have it all in my own collection. So I I kind of quickly joined the team and and started forming my roles. I was initially an arts coordinator helping manage our Chicago studio artist work and then transitioned into an art director role. 
which then transitioned to uh, the Director of Exhibitions and External Relations, which is what kind of my current situation is. But really, like, Arts of Life is a really special place where we are a progressive studio supporting artists with disabilities uh, to support their professional development as artists so it's not an art therapy program Mm -hmm. it's not an arts education program we really pride ourselves in supporting our artists with their creative development in whatever it is that they want to do and so we have two exhibition spaces that I oversee Um, a big part of those exhibition spaces is again that integrating our artists with disabilities alongside artists from the broader art community but also I help oversee all of our external arts programming and exhibitions, and that's how we got plugged in with the other art fair too, and and became a partner with you all because we really, you know, getting our studio artist work out into the public and getting it seen for what it is as contemporary artwork is is super important for me. Mm. I remember when I first visited Arts of Life, you talked about how you enjoyed showcasing the artist's work there with other artists that you've worked with mm-hmm. and mixing it up. Yeah, and that, I think that follows too, you know, a big part. Because I'm kind of always working with new artists through level three and artists both locally and nationally, if I ever get an opportunity to pull them into my work at Arts of Life, I do. Uh, so, for example, Sam Jaffe is an, a great Chicago based artist represented by 65 Grand Gallery. I've been following her work for a while, I've shown it here before at level three, and so we. I knew she was interested in Arts of Life and has been following our programming. So I invited her to guest curate the show that we have at Arts of Life right now and following a theme of like color and pattern and repetition that is carries into her work a bit. So she guest curated a show with us. And then because we knew the other art fair was coming up, we figured it was a perfect tie-in and have her curate our booth for the other art fair. So we had her put in some of her own work alongside some of our studio artists' work that have a similar relationship to color, pattern, and repetition. I mean, it seems like quite a straightforward idea, but it's quite unusual to have that approach, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't know why. (laughs) Like, I think you're right. Like, I don't think I'm doing anything that bizarre or weird, but I don't know why it doesn't exist more Mm -hmm. often or... Or maybe it does and it's more hidden, but I don't I don't see this integration and this idea of community building being as prevalent as I would hope it would be. Mm. How have you found the response to the work when you've been showing at the fair? I think it's been great. I mean, I think it's the more we could engage... I love also engaging with the general public, so folks who aren't as tied into the art community... And I think sometimes those are some of the most fruitful conversations to have mm-hmm. when folks kind of see that we are a, a welcoming space and a welcoming group. I think the art world can seem very isolated or closed off or, or stuffy. And I think I try to do a lot of conversations or education to folks who don't have these relationships to the art community like I do Mm. to say you know what we are more approachable than it may seem Mm. and can people come and visit Arts of Life and the studio yeah right now because of COVID we're we're not open to the general public without an appointment but Mm. uh, we used to be open more regularly now Arts of Life is open by appointment and the general public is welcome we do 
a new exhibition every six to eight weeks, and those are open to the public, usually Friday evenings, uh, no appointment necessary. So again, we encourage people to come to those events. Um, we'll do tours of Arts of Life. Again, those are by appointment. And then level three is open every Sunday, one to four, and that's open to the public. So. Pretty much every Sunday we're here and we're consistently having people through the doors because we're, I think to me, consistency is key. When we were first starting off as a gallery space, we'd maybe have zero to three people come in, but because we've been around long enough and our, our hours have been so consistent, people know to expect us to be open on a Sunday yeah. and we get people coming in regularly. I think that is true because it is. it surprises me sometimes how harder it is to get a message across to people mm -hmm. and working say at the fair for a while now and we're an artist fair but it's surprising how people don't understand that and yeah. you have to really reinforce the message and be consistent yeah. Yeah. and the great thing is the arts of life have shown at the other art fair chicago four times now yeah. so you've got that momentum haven't you yeah it's really fun to be able to continue to grow this relationship and our experience with the fair and also with our community of people I know when the fair first started, we were tr really trying to engage our community base and let them know like what the fair was. And a lot of, for a lot of folks, it was some of their first experience going to like an art fair. And now it's this thing where a lot of people just really enjoy like they're very familiar with it, the process and mm -hmm. the experience, and it, it's a very welcoming environment. I think that's something that we always like to be a part of. Well, it's been a big year for taking the Arts of Life artists out into the public because mm -hmm. you've shown at Expo Chicago mm -hmm. and the Outside Art Fair. Yeah. How were those? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, like, the pandemic was really, like, a bummer because we were really ramping up to do a lot of these opportunities. We were waitlist... Or, no, we were slated to do Expo right before the pandemic and then it, you know, the everything kind of went to... The, the can, but now that we're starting to reemerge and these opportunities are, are happening again, the momentum is really great and, and being able to have the connection be made for folks who are heavily involved in the art community and see that, you know, we're in New York at the Outside Art Fair, we're at Expo Chicago, we're at the other art fair and we're doing all these things. Some folks go to all of them, some go to one of them, but we're able to kind of continue these conversations and make these connections with folks that we do exist, we are a pillar in the art community mm -hmm. and want to continue to support artists of all, you know, levels, identities, abilities. Yes, yeah, so tell me about showing at Expo Chicago because that is an exciting opportunity for any artist. Yeah, we were super excited to be able to have a booth at Expo Chicago as like a, a fairly large like international fair. Mm. Um, it was a big deal for us. I think it was really great to be able to do that in Chicago, which is our home base, and and do a really fun booth to highlight six of our studio artists, three from each of our studios, and show a, a body of work that like we're super excited about, uh, and have conversations with people both locally and internationally who didn't know we existed. And I think the exposure at an event like that is is monumental for. For us, we ran into so many people, had so many people from Chicago or the suburbs being like, I didn't know, where are you located? Oh, you're right down the block. I had no idea you were there. And I think to me, that's so important to get people to understand like we 
we're around. Arts of Life has been around for 22 years. Uh, yeah. We're the oldest nonprofit supporting artists with disabilities in Illinois. And so getting those connections made and that realization that like we are here to stay and continue to grow and support the artist community and be part of the contemporary conversation mm-hmm. feels super important. And how about the outsider art fair? Because obviously the term outsider is potentially quite problematic. Yeah, we we had held off on doing that fair for quite a while because we never really identified with the term outsider art. It, Mm -hmm. It always seemed like a little bit of an outdated term, maybe more problematic than we we prefer to associate with. We don't really consider our artists outsiders. We consider them part of the contemporary community. I think with that fair, it seems like we're really starting to change the narrative and a lot of folks kind of now understand. There are a lot of nuances to the term outsider um, just because our artists have disabilities and, and aren't maybe formally trained in art doesn't necessarily like you know, we don't want to isolate them as other, but I think the way that we're really trying to simplify what outsider art is, is really just coming from somebody without a formal background education in art. And I think if we continue to share that narrative and simplify it in that way, it's a lot more digestible for us and it's a lot more welcoming of a term and it encompasses uh, a lot more that, that, actually is maybe influential in terms of how people see the work Mm. well one last question i have for you is what advice would you have for an artist that feels very inspired by this conversation and by your approach they're really early on in their career not sure how to get going yeah i mean i I always love this question because i talk to a lot of students and i've seen you know having come up from a very ground up sort of approach Again, kind of being in that middle ground of supporting artists from their first show early on to supporting artists, you know, who are a little bit more established. I think relationships are super important. And I Mm -hmm. think understanding the value in what artist-run spaces or galleries are doing in terms of showing artists. God, there's like, and there's like a list of things I can <laughs> list off. Respecting spaces and organize, like arts organizers. Um, if somebody asks you to be in a show, like being on top of your communication, following through. If you can't do something, be upfront about it from the get-go instead of later down the line when things are already set. I think I'd rather much hear somebody tell me up front that like their schedule is too busy like now's not a great time maybe next year Mm -hmm. like i respect that so much more than like just trying to cram in another show for the sake so understanding when to say no Mm -hmm. or like hold off on something i think is a very valuable skill if you do start to develop a relationship with the gallery continuing to understand that that's a a two-sided relationship i love when artists continue to come and support the programming Mm, here and and show up to shows that they're not in i think that's really important to show the respect for the space um, and the artists involved because it's another way to meet other artists for artists trying to maybe establish a relationship with the gallery whether locally or or not is you know engaging with them signing up for a newsletter following 
on social media. I always, you know, I would avoid cold calls to galleries. Like, I still (laughs) am surprised that I get, like, dear sir or madame, like, please consider my work for a solo show. And it's somebody who's never even looked at our website. Mm -hmm. We don't do a solo show, so why are you asking for a solo? Like, they have no (laughs) idea, like... Understand where your work fits in, what spaces you're interested in, I think is key. So research is a big part of it. Um, If you do identify a gallery or a space that your work, you feel like your work connects with and you'd like to develop a relationship with, again, developing that relationship more organically through following on social media, in person. We have had great relationships with artists who've sent us postcards or emails and just say hey I really loved that show you did with so and so it was a great pairing and like if you're going to compliment the work that a gallery is doing they're going to naturally want to know who you are what you're doing Mm -hmm. and so it's a more subtle way of like complimenting somebody uh, and being appreciative of what's happening instead of just being like hey look at me Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that approach seems to be a little bit more accepting and I encourage folks to do that and but make it genuine and like make sure that research is happening and you're not lying about Mm -hmm. if you don't like a show or not yes I think these days it's so easy just to look at everything from afar just follow things on social media which is fine but not actually turn up but you want to physically if you can come to a space and look at the work and think about your work in the space and just really properly engage rather than flicking through. Yeah, and it doesn't have to always be, you know, some folks don't like the openings because of the social anxiety or whatever, and like it's too many people, but, you know, going to a gallery during their open hours is like, that's a great time to have a conversation with whoever's gallery sitting, like ask questions, Um, you know, I think those kinds of things are where if you show up engaged, whoever is at the gallery or, or involved is also going to hopefully reciprocate that engagement. Well, I think that's really, really great advice. So thank you for sharing it. Yeah, no, I'm happy to. And I feel like it's, to me, I forget that it seems so simple, but like a lot of people don't realize like how, how to approach galleries in this more, you know, softer way. Yes, I think it's a long game and you want to build a gradual understanding of what you're trying to be part of and that just happens by turning up yeah yeah turning up showing up and like understand it's a mutual Mm. relationship that needs to happen yeah and i love the advice about supporting other artists and turning up for shows with other galleries that you've really been part of perhaps Mm -hmm. it's really important as well yeah Um, well, thank you so much, Vincent, for chatting to me today. Yeah, thanks for coming by. I'm happy to do this, and I love, you know, sharing whatever I could share to help, even if it's just one person. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for joining me this week. Please follow Vincent at VincentU and the podcast at The Visible Artist Podcast. I hope you have a great week in the studio, and I look forward to seeing you next Friday. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.